Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's great to be back. And today I'm with Red from Redmond Smokehouse. Red, thanks for coming on to the show, mate. How you doing? Good, mate. It's a uh, nice Saturday night here in Australia. Playing some Zed. You know how it is. Yes, it is. Getting crushed in one versus ones today. That's the story <laughs> of the 17th of March, 2023. How about yourself? You've, you've been uh, you've been dominating in uh, in one on ones today, Red? Or no, nah, there's no no no. It's not happening. I'm, I can't even win a double up at the moment. It's uh, it's just one of those days. It's been uh, it's been a good couple of days previous, but uh, today is not the day. Today is not the day. Um, <laughs> it's interesting for for posterity's sake. Today they released the open beta of um, of Diablo Four, so I have spent a couple of hours uh, in sanctuary um, today. That's neither here nor there. But hey, Red, um, just very curious, mate. Obviously, with everyone that comes onto the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your backstory, mate. How did you get into Zed? When did you start playing uh, Zed? Uh, like uh, many people, I came over from Top Shot. I think I, I started Top Shot in about... Mm, I was pretty early in Top Shot, maybe October, November 2020, which is, is a bit earlier than most other people. And um, made made a good bit of coin in there. And I, I was in a whole bunch of discords and... I think it was is one with Wades, if if anyone knows who Wades is. Um, and yeah, saw Top Shot, uh, saw Zed, and uh, jumped on over. It wasn't till about mid twenty twenty one, and okay, did 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 the usual stuff, you know, do the research, watch the Poseidon videos, you know, like everybody else. It was it was exactly the same story, really. You know, jumping in there, buying buying something that I probably shouldn't have based on color, and yeah. <laughs> I uh, liked the I liked the blue color, and I wanted to buy the blue horse. It was a rare coat. I thought, oh, it's a rare coat. That's cool. It's probably going to be worth something at some point. But nah, that was no, not the story. <laughs> I like um, I like what you're saying there. Yeah, like everyone else came in. Burnt some worth in gas fees, bought a bad horse for too much money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it actually wasn't that bad of a horse. Um, I think I thought I was onto a great thing because I'd read all the, you know, the literature, the video that was the videos that were out there at the time. You know, if you're getting like a four, four to sort of, you know, eight odds horse, you're pretty good to go. Like you've got a good yep. horse. You run your Griffey and. I got a sick, like I got like 6.2 odds in my Griffey. And I was like, holy smokes, I've got a great horse. Nah, it was not. It was just a weak Griffey. Now I know that. But <laughs> at uh, the yeah, time, yeah. that was not the case. So you that that first blue horse, what was its name? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I remember the name. I've still got it. Uh, Varus Dreams. Um, it's never really done a whole lot. It's it's okay. It, it's bred a couple of okay horses, but I always keep that horse. Like I basically haven't sold a single horse the whole time I've been in Zed. So okay, that's that's, that's another, kind of uh, another. You're another Zed hoarder. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hoarder. I was a hoarder before Zed, and I'll be a hoarder afterwards. <laughs> collector. I like to call it collector. Fair play to you. 
collector it is. Um, it's interesting talking to a bunch of different stable owners. Um, obviously, some people try to go for the flips, um, and there are a lot of people I talk to um, just hang on to them. Just they, whether it's like my my reason for hanging on to most of my horses is I just can't bear selling them for what I'd have to sell them for. Um, given that you know they often cost significantly more to breed. Um, liking to breed knackers myself so but then others just get attached to them (laughs) yeah i mean it it just went such on a downturn when it came to selling that it just became what's the point why why would i bother selling it? i'll just keep it for breed stock maybe i can use it at some point that was always my thought process of like it's not that bad but maybe something in the game changes and it's worth something at least to me so something in the game did change since then, obviously, rather significantly. Um, yeah. When you so you dusted this horse off and and have you been running it recently? Is it? I actually don't even promise? have. I, I don't even have it in my stable at the moment. I, it was one of those horses that I lent out to a friend. Oh, okay. Because yeah. when you're trying to get people into the game, like before there was lending, you, you kind of just had to send it to them. So I'd, I'd sent him this horse. I need to get onto him actually, and. And say, hey, can you send my horse back? Because because it's a legendary Finny, like Z9 or Z11. Okay. So it wasn't even a bad horse. I paid through the nose and, well, not really through the nose because it was a little bit earlier, but it was still way more than you would ever pay for one now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting um, approach there. Your friend that's got that horse is he is he running it or is he not in the game anymore? Or? Um, he tried running it for maybe a month, and the game at that point was still the old game of the down class and the free. Like it was trying to explain that to him was near on impossible. Hey, you've got to run, you know, five or six races and try and win, and if you do win. Please take a pause and, and, and lose for a while, and go in the opposite distance for a while. It was ridiculous. Like you, you can't, you can't do that. You, you can't bring people into the game. And I'm glad that the game has changed the way that it's not like that anymore. Run for your heart's content, and if you're winning, awesome. Like just go for gold. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, right? Like everyone's running to win every single time now, which is so important. For this game like it's a horse yeah. racing game you want to win um i think for all the you know the edges and the the fud that's around and obviously everyone's got their own opinions on what works and what doesn't work in the game i think we can all kind of universally agree that that's that's the the change that needed to be made i think yeah 100 percent. i mean i i had a whole bunch of horses that i expected to be top of sort of class two that did not land in top of class two. And, you know, (laughs) I was disappointed at that point. It probably took me a week or two to sort of move past it. It it really (laughs) did. took me like a week or two to move past it and then start digging through the stable. We have so many horses between – that's a different story altogether, but we probably have like four or 500 horses – and oh, wow. go, going back through and then looking at these horses that at the time, most of them were 
meant to be well-bred. And they kind of competed, but they didn't. And now I look at them now and go, oh, okay, they can compete, you know, or at least at a level that I'm happy to to run them at, at least in freeze for the while. It's so, interesting. So you, you mentioned you got sort of 400 horses, obviously across a couple of stables. Um, how many are you running today? Daily in paids is probably, it ranges from one, which is like the go-to horse, um, to probably eight, nine, ten paid runners. The rest are mm-hmm. just free race, you know, just trying to get some levels on them, having some fun, seeing what they're about, and and then maybe another five, five or six across every couple of days we'll, we'll run just to get some data on just because they're so old and you don't quite know where they're at now in this new structure because it's just a lot of horses to get through to, to really get an idea. And have you found, have you found anything in the old horses? Like, have you found anything that sort of popped out a bit of a diamond in the rough and it's actually, uh, there, has, there has been a couple, there has actually been a couple um, we, we're actually running in the, uh, Dan Shan speed madness. If you, if you play along yep. with any of those yep. and one of those horses we're actually using in that, it just ran today, a couple of hours ago. And, um, yeah, it's, it was before like the ugly duckling of the, of the breeds that we did. It was a repeat breed of another breed that we did that was making decent amounts of money. And, um, it just never did anything. It just sort of, mm-hmm. it was okay. It could fly, but it couldn't really do much. It just wasn't as elite as the other breed. But now the the sister is in class one. And oh, okay. this, one's, yeah. this one's in class two. And it's a, it's a nice stable breed with some distance preference, which is exactly what you want in this matter, you know? So it, it turns out that it's, yeah, what we thought was not so great, held on to it, and now it's all right. Turns out it has value. Interestingly enough there, you sort of, you just talked about what adds value in this meta, and you, you mentioned stability with distance, distance preference. A lot of people talk about variance in, in the meta, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on where do you see that edge with stability and and distance preference over a variance horse and how do you like how do you run it to leverage to leverage that advantage i mean i love variance the the thrill the rush the variance love hate ah uh, <laughs> uh, yeah the pain but the, the joy as well of variance I, everyone that's owned a variance horse is yeah they know that they know that feeling where you go on a you know, an eight losing streak and then go on a three winning streak. But the, the wins are so incredible that everything else is wiped, wiped away. Um, but variants, I mean, it just depends on, it's kind of like when I talked to my friend and I was trying to get him into the game, I was trying to explain to him that you're sort of targeting what you want to run. It, it all depends on your plan. And Zed is very much about your planning more than anything else, I feel. 
is what sort of a stable are you? What sort of mm -hmm. races do you want to run? If you want to run double ups and potentially 1v1s, if you've got something good enough, then you probably want it on the lower variance end and higher DP. But if you want to risk it all and have some fun, then maybe variance is where you want to go. You know, you're running those winner take alls, those top twos. It's It all comes down to your preference and risk profile. Um, so just to double click on that a little bit, Red, like where does tournament running fit into all that? Like I understand today with the new maiden starting, it seems to be perfectly apparent. You sort of breed for variants or you breed for double ups and you, you run them in those maidens. Um, but when there are sort of the standard tournaments, I guess, if, if we see those anymore, um, what do you think? Like is is that distance preference stability more likely to cash in tournaments and be more positive or is there going to be enough variance horses in there that you'll probably get done every time come quarter final? Uh, you kind of want something smack bang in the middle. Like you don't, you don't want those extreme variance horses in tournaments. I, I mean, we we own a fair few of those and it was a nightmare. It, I just gave up. Like they just went on the shelf. All those, all those 1.0s that we had, they just went on the shelf. They just, that was it. It wasn't until this new racing system that they actually came back out again. And I was basically only running just so I could run them because I love them. And that was the only reason. Like you can't make money in tournaments with those variants. I, I mean, it's pretty unlikely, pretty unlikely. Yeah, you've got to kind of get three good rolls in a row. Yeah, which, which is, is like near on impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I anything with Hivar, anything with Hivar is not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah. Um, I've got a couple of horses. Two are kind of mid-90 variants, like 94 and like a 97, I think. And um, they were 1.0 horses. And I could, they'd often qualify, but the amount of times I just spent running to quarterfinals and I'd even stopped watching the quarterfinals with those two horses. Um, yeah. I, I think I won one quarterfinal once. But getting back to the, you're not going to get the role every time you need, especially if you've had nah. four or five good roles to get your qualification done. Exactly. And you would end up having to race maybe 15, 20 times just to try and get in and average the points out. If you didn't get a good role on the first couple, like you were racing a lot to try and get them in and it just, and that, that was when we still had the, what are, what are they, what do they actually call it? The stupid system for points. The ELO system. The ELO, which wasn't a true ELO. Yeah. And you know, you hit those rolls, but you're not losing enough. So you end up going up a class and it was just like, you ended up dead. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Ah. <sighs> If we could wipe one part of Zed, that would be it. That Elo was shocking. It's fascinating though, right? I yeah. I remember the day they released it and everyone had to re-qualify and they introduced Discovery. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. sitting there trying to go into Discovery and, and horses just you couldn't 
you couldn't get a horse in a race. It was just going ridiculously. It was popping so hard. It was kind well, of exciting. Then you also had, and this is not casting a shade or anything, but you had people like um, you had people like PK and Bot Lady and um, I can't remember the stable that had all those buterins that were just flipping them on open sea, but they had like thousands of like but mm. legs to paces and they were jumping in there and they would just slap them in because you were winning money at that point. It didn't mm. matter. It didn't matter where you landed. They were just churning over, like make it, making X amount of dollars from, from nothing. Like I understand why they canned that too because it was just throwing it away. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Some of the things that have that have evolved um, over the past sort of 18 months. Um, what do you think, though, I guess, looking forward in the game, um, something else from a recent change that I've kind of been watching today around the stamina meters, um, I haven't seen any impact in me running my horses less. Like I figure with like, cause I just, I don't run free races anymore. I just try and just run paids. Um, and the way that the paids fill, I don't think it, I could get eight horses, eight races in a 10 hour period. Um, are you noticing, like, are you running your horses to empty? Are you running out of stamina or? I'm, like- I'm actually running the one horse, the, the, the sort of staple paid runner more than I've ever run it before. It's it's almost like a challenge now. Like, and I would go to sleep and, and I wouldn't know if the race would run if I was in stamina. I couldn't just oh, yeah. like preload, I couldn't preload races and wait for them to fill. Whereas now you can sort of like preload races and, you know, oh, I've got three bars left. Okay, preload the three, go to sleep, wake up in the morning. How many bars do I have left? You know, it's it, you can actually run, for me, who's not up 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, like a lot of these stables, <laughs> um, I can just load it up and then I wake up in the morning, oh, I've got four bars left. Sweet. All right, I've got four bars to run. I've got another one for two and a half hours. You know, I actually like it. It's a bit of a challenge. Oh, can I clear off that stamina before I go to bed tonight? You know? that Nice. But have you seen anything in, um, like in the fields? No. Nah, have you seen any not a single change. Fields or thinning in the fields? No. I think you basically need a half it from where it is now. I, th- I half think it you, again. You think? Yeah. I think. Well, it's no different. I'm running sixteen races. I'm actually running more races. You can run sixteen races in a day. In a twenty-four ish. hour period. In a yeah. twenty-four hour period. You kind of needed a half that to be a true eight in 24 hours if you want to make a difference. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, as I say, no real change for me other than I like the UI and to your point, I like the there's no chance you're going to run accidentally yeah. in a paid race while you're I like that more than anything. That more than yeah. anything, the amount of times that I've entered a race and even a high dollar race and I've not realized yeah. and it's filled and I've gone, oh, or the UI didn't update properly yep. where it yeah, said you had one. like 92 and you're like, oh, I've got one race left in me. 
and then updates and you're sitting at like 88. Are you yeah. kidding me? And you're in the race. And I'm in the race and it's like a $25, $50 race, which is reasonable for me. Like, yep. oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I've done that a couple of times. Um, I think my, my way it happened to me usually was I'd forget I'd put it in the first race. Like I'd put it in a 10 or $20 race at the first one and just get bored. Yeah. And while I yeah. wait for it to fill, so I'll go and race a horse in a couple of other races. <laughs> so this is why, like, for me personally, I am just absolutely screaming for volume in Z. The, the amount of times, like I lose so many times just because I'm bored and like the, yeah. the, the horse I want to run, there's a race here. It's got zero out of six. It's not filling. And I'm like, ah, there's one in its next distance or whatever. Maybe not in the right format. but And I, you know, a de- degenerate punter. So I'll be like, yeah, sure. Give it a go. I'm, you know, this is how, uh, this is probably not a good statement about myself. Um, but even today, <laughs> I threw in a one in one versus wag me. I'm like, oh, Wagmi's in that. What's he doing in class three? Have a go. I mean, anyway. Uh, it was a predictable outcome, Red. <clears throat> but it was like halfway down the track. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It happens. It happens. Especially when you see someone who's just beat you in another race and you're like, oh, they just beat me in like a 2400. And I see them in a sprint. I'm like, I'm definitely better than them in a sprint. And then you go and try and take the money back off, but it doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah you got to try and limit yourself from that kind of <laughs> But it's fun. So it is fun. It is fun. Um, so getting back, I guess, to, to your stable and like how do you run these things, do you have – um, an overall strategy you mentioned before about having a strategy and sticking to a plan what's the plan for your stable how do you go about racing the horses uh, so I was originally in my own stable by myself um, and then it was probably it was early 2022 um, I met another bloke Mike um, from Herocraft, if you know who, who, he, who he is. Um, and we ended up joining forces through that whole sort of 2022 20, period of time when there was tawny races and it was, yeah, everyone knows it was madness. There was a lot of money to be made in free racing and free tournaments yep. and that. And we ended up joining forces and because he's in the US, we were kind of going back to back at that point in time. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, playing the time zone kind of thing. Playing the time zones, yeah. So he was doing a lot of downclassing because it was heavier volume. Then I was doing a lot of paid racing because it was generally weaker around that time in, in Australia yeah. to like late, late America. But now the strategy is more just like play with what we have. Um, you know, we were generating decent income. So we were able to breed possibly stuff that we probably shouldn't have bred or take more risks, I should say, is because there was money for time. Um, But now that's not the case. So if the money's not coming in, then we're not breeding. And we've got to strategize around what we have and potentially just building up what we do have. Which is interesting if this XP stuff accelerates 
to the point where they're talking about where a lot of these ones that are quite low down that'll take forever will not take as long and we'll be able to start running them in in yeah. pads and so you're talking about what i guess what Fakundo's hinted at which is once aging comes in yeah we'll start leveling up a little faster or are you talking about the tradable xp that people have been talking about as well a uh, bit of both bit of both mm-hmm. um and i think with with a lot of stables that have been around for a while, if they find some good horses, like the trading XP thing is going to be massive. You know, if you've got all these horses, you just run and freeze the whole time. You don't really care about the horses too much. If they're coming second to sort of third, getting decent XP every time, you know, it, it becomes something that they can funnel into their other horses or they can sell on the market and maybe it, it provides a bit of liquidity for them for for breeding at that point you know maybe that stimulates the breeding side of things yeah it's interesting i i like the concept um just the bots are going to have a field day like it's just that's a if you can race for xp and trade xp that's uh that's a scenario made for bots i think the tokenomics behind it is going to have to be well thought out and there's probably going to be about 200 changes to it after they release it because you're right they will but i i almost feel like a utilization of the z token would be good at that point where you uh, you can't just trade your xp in like the the xp goes to something else like you, you're not just yeah. getting direct like weath or, or z token like it has to be traded to something else and that something else then has to be used in game and it's like you kind of have to travel across this sort of a couple of different steps so it spreads across the whole ecosystem yeah. like there needs to be an ecosystem there Yeah, definitely you can't you can't generate z token without a sync without having somewhere to put it or just like if there's ever going to be value in Z token from a yeah, well, almost a even point of view. Not, not even a burr, but like the XP has to be traded. Like you get the X, you, you sell the XP, but then to unlock it, you have to have X amount of Z token that you send back to Z or something. I don't know, like a, a system where, you know, it's costing you a little something to get the, the value out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's certainly an interesting spot to watch. Um, yeah, I like the idea of breeding catalysts, but <laughs> you know, every time, every time I think of, um, you know, something like swapping for breeding catalysts or whatever, like it'll be exploited. There'll be people out that exploit and do every change they make. Someone figures it out. Um, well, we were talking about it today on uh, Hale's Twitch stream. It was uh, Hale, Avon, and. Um, Dan Shan, um, the the amount of things when it comes to passes, like you could do something with passes, where mm-hmm. it's and and also adding on to that, like Genesis, Genesis. There's other games out there where their Genesis 
earns a, a percent, call it 1% of all breed fees go into a pool and then all Genesis get, you know, a dividend basically for owning a Genesis. Even if your garbage Genesis never breeds in its life, it's still getting a, it's still getting a portion of those great Genesis that are breeding. I think that I'm, kind of system... I'm all for that because you just described my Genesis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all got them, right? Like, but they shouldn't be zero value. And people say, oh, you know, like the Genesis, they've still got value in some form. It's like, yeah, but where? Like... Yeah, I think there's a lot were, of us waiting for that value. Like, there's a lot of glue Genesis <laughs> out there. Like, a lot. Um, I, even, yeah. I even tried running mine... I had two. I ended up selling one, um, but I the other one I hang on to. But I even tried to level it up when it came leveling because I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I put 500 levels into this thing, it'll um, it'll do something. But that got old really quickly. Nah, glue is glue. Like glue is glue. <laughs> no like question. if it just doesn't have the stats, it just doesn't have the stats. That's just how it is. Like yeah, yeah. So uh, getting back to your your racing strategy there, Red, like. Um, are you guys running, I guess, in a specific class? Are you targeting specific classes or are you kind of just, you know, is, are you, are you staying away from C1? Like what's the plan for the smokehouse? Um, so we have some C1 horses, but originally I was going for the, the strategy of I'll level them up while running paids. They're decent enough. They should be able to run paids, but that got really bad really quickly. Um, so now all the class one horses, they're just free racing. Like you get a decent amount of XP, you can run some free races, you know, get it in now before aging starts. Basically is the thought process there. Just run free races. Doesn't cost you anything except, you know, some clicks, um, and then see what sort of pops out of that. You know, maybe those levels do make a difference eventually. Maybe you get like, they just added those new level segmentations maybe there's another level segmentation you end up falling into for a week or two um and then just sort of playing it by ear in class one because it, it is hard it is really hard as it then, should be uh, yeah it way. should be yeah i i agree it's class one it's yeah. i i won't i won't go into it now but we'll touch on that again but um yeah. In class two, it's it's much, much the same. There's the staple horses that we have. We'll race them in paids. Then basically separating them out and just trying to focus on a couple of them, trying to do some levels, get some data. And then just moving down through the classes, exactly the same process. You know, there's there's some that run paid, some don't. Maybe the the mood changes in, in what the, the fields are. Um, and you pull some out, put some other other ones in. But other than that, you know, just running through the classes and so just Red, repeating the process. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that in into some detail. Like, if I'm going to set, let's assume hypothetically, I'm going to send you a Z8 NACA exclusive, unraced. Mm-hmm. Talk me through. You know, how do you you get this horse in your stable? How do you understand what it does? How do you run it? How do you how do you discover it um, to find a spot in in your stable? How would you walk? So this is a, tell me about this. Is a brand, it's a brand new horse, or has it been raced before? 
Brand new, got zero, unraced. Unraced. Okay, is it, yeah. it is it bred now? Like, is it 3.0, 2.0, 1.0? Yep, 3.0. 3.0. It's brand new, fresh. with the current. Brand yeah, new, wrapped, you know, wrapped for this maiden. Yep. Oh, lovely. Well, first thing I would do is look at the parents. Like, I, yep. what, what what are the parents? Um, you know, I've I got blood tool. Um, it makes it fairly easy. I think Zed is fairly similar in how it can break down parents. I've never used it, but I assume it's fairly, fairly similar, pretty easy to use. And then, you know, that kind of gives me an idea of where it should be in terms of where I want to start. Um, and you mean like in terms of funnel at this point? In terms of funnel, yeah. In terms of funnel, that'll give me a good idea and also the variance of the two parents you know, how much variance is it? Am I looking at sort of like a variance horse that maybe is going to throw me off a little bit here or is it mm-hmm. is it more of a stable horse? Um, then I'll just sort of run through the motions, you know, throw in that Griffey. <laughs> the best the best amount of best, uh, experience ever sometimes. Sometimes it's terrible. <laughs> See that starting level and then I think – Depending on where, what you've bred for, the starting level is a real teller of how much ability it has right off the get-go. Yeah, Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, And I'll walk you through something that I bred for the last maiden. So I bred a horse called Breeding the Loot. Um, that had two class two parents. Um, let me just pull this up. Um, okay, so it had two class two parents. A I got a Z three legendary knacker uh, called Hide the Loot, um, which had mm-hmm. some decent stats on it, which is why I bought it. Um, and then another horse that I bought off Arbitrage, actually, um, in one of their UUs called Bread Better. Yep. Hide the Loot had 442 starting level. Bread Better had 414, the mare. And they both had sort of medium variants, I guess. Um, but this Breeding the Loot came out at 432 of those, so kind of high end, close to the stallion. How do you think, like, I know Facundo talks about, I guess, the size of the cup, right? Yeah. So would you then assume from that that the size of the cup, it kind of got mostly in the starting level, got close to its the highest of its parents. Would you then say, okay, run that out as a stability horse? Like that might be what it has? Because it's not going to have a DP, it's not going to have a variance. Oh, I would VA, say, or... based on what I'm looking at here, it's a stable. It's it's a stability horse. Um, it's kind of interesting that hide the loot. I don't know why. Are you looking at the blood that. tool? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. I know, offline screenshot, hide the loot for me, will you? Send me, send me its stats. 
Because if you forget about, if you completely forget about what you've run before with hide the loot, yeah. is that yours? It is yours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I bought it recently. Z, and then you use Z lead and go yep. Z two point only in the horseshoe. Yes, I find I'm finding a lot of horses that were thousand benders or twelve hundreds or whatever we thought they were previously mm. actually have changed completely because they're not running against the same competition anymore. Yep. So it's got yeah, interesting. If you look at it now compared, like if you if you get rid of the Z two point and then just look at it before it looks like it's a thousand meter runner. Yes. Yes it does. But if he goes Z2.0, it's not a 1,000-meter runner at all. No, and I haven't really, as I said, I didn't buy it to run it. I bought it to buy yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just yeah. saying when it, comes to the, um, when it comes to the breeding and looking at, like, where it's come from, what it mm-hmm. is, like, what can I expect from this, um, it's very different if you start digging into Z2.0 stuff. Like, if it's... Yep been running Z2. Like, that's more of a mid to me. Yeah, 14, 14, 16. So then yep. red better's a thousand-ish. Yeah. 1,200-ish. So then you would kind of expect it to maybe be pushing to 14, 16. Yep. But it's showing as a 12. So red yeah, better must have been a, a decent, decent, decent little breeder. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out of arbitrage, so as a UU. So yeah, they they've got it stacked with all the DP. Um, but that's Lovely. very interesting. Like the the whole point. One of the um, uh, Bella from Rockabella Racing in one of the earlier episodes, I was talking to her, and she was really driving home the point of when you're racing, think about what other people are thinking about as well. Getting back yes. to you, the competition has changed. Um, yeah, because I've seen a in my own stable a lot of horses run differently, um, and I've heard a lot of people talk about. It's funny how people talk about it, right? They go, "Oh, well, my horse has changed." And it's like I don't think it has. <laughs> it's the same horse. What Dan Chan said to me a while back: "There's a lot of horses that look like oh, what was the exact wording? I don't want to misquote him, but." Basically, people try and force what they think they know. Yep. So, like, you've bred to what you think is sprinters together, so it should be a sprinter. So they try and force it, but they lose. And they tell it, they say, oh, it's just a garbage breed. But no, it's not a garbage breed. It just wasn't a sprinter. Like, And then yep. they just give up on it. Like, and that's why you see a lot of these 1,000 metres in, in, like, maidens. They aren't really 1,000 metre horses. They shouldn't even be running there. They're probably a 14 or something, something along those lines. You know, they're weaker, slightly weaker fields because they just shouldn't be running there because they bred it for that. So that's what it should be. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's an interesting thing to do in a griffin too because you're like you breed it or you're going to run it for what you're targeting from yeah. a aspect. <laughs> um, but if you don't know, because, um, again, that hide the loot's a really good example, right? Yeah. Because, um, so I actually, the way I found this horse 
was using Zedge. Yeah. Looking for a set of stats that I want for some breeding and to put into my stable at the NACA legendary level. So and that looked what I wanted. But the thing to be very, I guess, aware of is particularly in Zedge is it only gets stats from where you run it. Exactly. It's only knowing and, what it knows. Like, yeah, it, that's it, it. It tries to normalize out across everything, but it only has data on where you've run it to start with. Um, uh-huh. You still have to have some experience. And a lot of those older horses which had higher BA would win regardless because they were running against competition that they should never have been running against. Maybe they did like 30 races and they went straight to class one. You know, they started maybe C3, then ran straight all the yep. way up to class one. But that's because because they just had so much BA that they had to. Like they didn't have a choice. They couldn't down class. This is true. This is true. It's very, very fascinating stuff here, Red. But you sound like you sound like a man that loves a good Zed conspiracy. Um, <laughs> is that is that a fair statement? I wouldn't say I like a conspiracy, but you know, <laughs> I don't I, mind get I don't mind getting amongst it. <laughs> <laughs> so let let's get amongst my favourite one. Honeymoon periods on horses. Why do they do it? Why do horses, you breed a horse, it runs really well, and I've had horses do this forever. I've had horses do this since I started. I, <laughs> I've had at least half a dozen horses where I thought, hang on, I've got the next RSB here. This is brilliant. Um, only to get like 30 races in and just fall off a cliff. I yep. guarantee you there's an auto nerf in the back end somewhere and it's <laughs> it's set to... Pink Colts for Dan Shan at 30 races for me. <laughs> I think after some of my videos, I think I've got the Nerf one now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think that goes back to like drawdown, what Dan Shan talks about drawdown and also, in my opinion, competition. If you're racing in a maiden, you're going against all brand new horses who have no idea what they are. So yep. you might be you might have actually picked your right distance, but then as soon as you go out in the open world where the horses run 100, 200, or 300 races, or you start moving into paids a week after the maiden, but during the maiden people are testing their horses in paids and they don't quite know, you know, you've got to think about the other sort of aspects of what the outside influences to why you're winning. Like, that's how I put it down to it. Because if you're doing it, if you're running it in a maiden, everyone's going to be doing the same thing. Absolutely oh, yes. Look, everybody. I've had um, I've had a couple of horses back in the old meta that actually ran, ran their discoveries um, av- in average. And then I had one horse that came into class four ran its first 25 races or 30 races at a win clip of something like 30% and then was just a dog ever since. <laughs> just, <laughs> and I don't know, I'm like, this thing just went win, 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 nothing. And, and again, as I say, I, I love a good Z conspiracy, um, particularly the, the fact that um, 
Facundo nerfs my stables. I don't know why. I didn't even do anything to him. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Nah, all good. It, I, I, it happens though. It a hundred percent happens. Especially like I, I would never buy a horse that has less than a hundred races on it unless I'm just sort of buying it for whatever reason. Like if, yep. if it's a legit like racer and I'm buying it for paids, there's no way I'm buying it if it's had less than a hundred. Yeah, hundred, hundred and fifty. Yeah, okay. And across multiple distances or uh you can normally sort of channel it pretty quickly, you know, sort yep. of like what who was on there last saying about 20 races? Um, uh, basically, 20 races I'm doing in freeze, seeing sort of my funnel, then rolling on to sort of page where I think it is, getting an idea of speed and what what it really is, um, finished distribution. And after that, you know, you just got to roll with the punches at times. Yeah, you do. Um, so it's interesting in that discovery process, right? I hear people say, follow the flames. So nah. the flames. So let's, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this for a second because flames seem to be a system that was designed for 12 horse races. Yeah. And now all the discovery freeze are six horse races. And I think not flaming in six is better, seems to be like. Yeah, I mean, I've even had horses where I was on the mantra of follow the flames and I did all right, but I moved away from following the flames and I did a lot better because everybody else was following the flames. Yeah, getting back to think about zig when people are zagging. Exactly. It's like, well, you know, you might have a 12, 1400 runner, but it runs 1200 meters and doesn't flame as often, at least. Maybe a 30% clip on flames. But at 1,400, you're getting 60 70% flames, but you're actually not getting that um, getting that wind share. Like, you, if you're not getting the wind share, then what's the point in having flames? Yep. But if everybody else is doing the same thing, if you move to 1,200, you're not getting flames but you've got slightly higher BA, for example, or a little bit more variance than them, then who cares if you've got flames or not? It's all about winning. I'm running an experiment um, on one of my high VAR horses at the moment. Um, Going through some of the numbers in Zedge around um, average times versus, you know, what the winning percentiles is that he's published for each class and each distance. And I've run this horse at a thousand. I think it's super fast at a thousand. It's ranked um, in ninety day speeds at a thousand. Has been for ages. Um, but the Zedge thing is says twelve hundred. It'll actually be better. So I've just finished running twenty races at a thousand, and now I'm going to run twenty at twelve hundred. And we'll see. We'll see. And the way it's shaping up, we'll see which which bracket loses the most, the least money. Will be the way to go. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't have a good. It didn't have a good twenty. Talking about drawdown. And then it's the same same deal. We go back to it again. Who's your competition? Like, who's running in the, in those races? Like, actually looking at who's in the races too. Like, 
I don't understand how people can race without steak knacks. Like it's yep. just reviewing what's in there, what sort of horses you're going up against, especially when we were running those paid tournaments and you'd see, you know, 80% of the field is variance horses. Well, those 80% are going to run at a 30% click of winning. So yep. if you're running a stable horse, you probably shouldn't. Maybe if there's, you know, if there's only two or three of them in there, you're probably going to be rise to the top. But if it's 80% of them are, your chances are mm. yeah. slim to none. One, One of those like, horses is going to get a roll. Yeah, they're all, yeah. they're all going to hit like, there's going to be maybe 25% that hit that roll. And that's yep. all that top position. So you're gone. You're done. Yep. So do you, do you race for second? Come on. Who races for second? I, I race for sixth. I love yeah, double ups. <laughs> <laughs> I'll race for fifth and sixth any day. I'll take that five or ten dollar double up consistently over and over and over again. It's the it's the name of the game, isn't it? Consistency, like trying to get consistent and and trying to um, to be able to fund a breeding habit. I think is is the the Nevada yeah, or or the, a degenerate race habit. You know, running those double ups to pay for maybe a, a winner take all on something else or going up to class one and, you know, racing against whatever horse it is, whether it's an RSB or someone, you know, you're probably going to donate, but. I, I feel attacked. <laughs> no, I'm not attacking at all. It's just like, that's what we all do. It is uh, what. Yes. You want to get that win. Like, you want to beat them. You want to have that little bit of personal glory. I had I had this horrible experience today and it was a great experience, but I can see that this is going to cost me a lot of money. Um, I dusted off one of my old C1 horses and just, oh, I'll give it a run. I'll give it a run in one of its, and it won. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> won like 30 bucks. <laughs> you opened the door. Yeah. They handed oh, you me. some candy and you said, hmm, that looks delicious. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> oh, jeez. I wonder, wonder how much that's going to cost me over the next week. I'll be like, oh, I know this, this will win. This thing can win. It's all good. <laughs> it's done it before. So, I'm it's sure I'll do it again. <laughs> and it's the first time, it's the first race it's ever won. <laughs> so it's just on a bad roll. It's all good. It'll turn around. <laughs> Um, that's just the way it is. It's all good. Like it's good ch chatting to you read about this, obviously another, um, you understand, you understand a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the, one of the other strategy questions that's kind of been plaguing me for a while now in the last couple of weeks, given the new format of like, Hey, it just seems to be made in tournaments now. And the, the old tournaments don't exist anymore. And whether that's a, yeah. We'd said, who knows whether that's a temporary thing or a permanent thing. It, you know, it will be what it will be. Um, what does that do to all these horses that sort of go through that maiden experience? And then, like, because the only thing running in paids at the moment outside of those maidens, you know, are the, are the best of the best in every class. Um, they're all monsters. Um, what, what do you think we do with these horses now? Like is how do we how do we go forward on this? Is it things like speed madness? Is it things like you know do we need to get zombie back on and like how do how do we give some utility to 
your other 400 horses. I think it really highlights intention in breeding. Like, I think it really highlights where you need to be going with what you're doing. Like, what's your expectations? Um, where are you going to use it? Not just for the maiden, thinking outside of the maiden. Maiden's just like uh, the cherry on top. Like, what am I doing with this horse? What am I breeding it for? Is is this just like another step in my plan? Am I just sort of moving down from like a legendary to an elite and then, you know, to a cross? Am I building towards something? Maybe if it makes some money along the way, that's great, but I'm sort of making my building blocks towards, you know, a cross army that, you know, runs in C3, C, uh, C3. Yeah, potentially C3. But, you know, like what am I trying to aim for here? Is is it instant money back in the maiden and I'm going to spend a boatload and potentially lose it all? Or, you know, am I putting pieces in place, maybe buying off Horku, you know, a mare that I think is something that I can use for later on um, or use it now, then flip it off, just take the one breed, maybe take a little loss, but you've, you've got your breed off of it. You know, there's all bits and pieces with breeding that doesn't have to be instant gratification of winning a maiden or making money right then and there. And they keep adding extra bits and pieces, you know. You've got those less than 11 races um, that you can run. You know, you, yeah, you might not have nice the best touch. of the best. They are great. You might have a yep. mediocre horse in the maiden. Stop running it. If you get like, you know, it only it's only five races. So you've got your maiden, uh, you've got your Griffey, and then five races. Okay, yep. I'm probably not going to make it. It's terrible. Stop. Don't keep going. Just stop. Wait for everyone else. Let them do their thing. You know, maybe 90% of that field runs over that 11 races because they're trying to get in. And then that next batch, it's a half-decent horse, but it's not good enough to get in maiden. You run it in the 11. You yeah. can make your money there. You might even make, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever. But you've paid off some of that breed. Like, we, we always had a plan of we want to make the breed cost back of the breed. That is it. That's that's yep. that's the step and every forward. horse. Yep. Every single horse as best as you can, make the money back on the breed because that's what's costing you. And and would it be sticking too much of too many hot irons to your honour, Red, to ask you how you're doing with that? <laughs> we've done pretty damn good. Like yeah, we've nice. done pretty good. That 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 is. I don't want to toot blood tools horn too much, but the when we first joined together, we we saved up. We bought Blood Tool because we knew that that was going to really change the game for us when it came to breeding and how we strategized in how we bred and yep. the connections of people. You know, it's... Yeah, nice. It really... Like, it's... Yeah, it opens up many doors, especially if you're looking differently. Like, you can really picture what's going on. Like, it helps to really picture things. It's yep. not just the tool itself. It's, you know, how you decipher what you're looking at. Suitably cryptic, right? Suitably, suitably, suitably cryptic. 
<laughs> which is gold. Which is some gold. people it never gold. helps. Shout out to JMO. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out if JMO listens to the pod. <laughs> Love you, JMO. <laughs> nice. Hey, look, listen, Red, that's been fantastic, mate. We I sort of keep these to an hour, so we're kind of close to time. Sweet as. Um, a whole bunch of stuff I didn't get to talk about, um, but we did kind of wind it in through just that rambling conversation, so I certainly had a lot of fun. Um, listen, mate, as we say to everyone uh, on the show, I guess I'll see you on the track. Sweet as, mate. I'll see you out there. <laughs> <laughs>